Well, it is good to be with you today. My wife and I have been looking forward to being here for a, a little while. We have one of our uh, team members here with us. Her name is Lorraine, and she keeps us in order. <laughs> so it's good to be with you today. Uh, how many of you are having a good day today? Okay, how many are you are not? And how many lie to me? There's many of us here today that maybe are struggling with many different things. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, and God knows what you're struggling with. But I, I want to share a couple of things, a few things first before we look into God's word. And I want you to know that in Canada right now, there's a crisis we have gone through a couple of years of real hardship as a, as a people, as a world, as, as a planet. And I don't have to tell you what that was. You know. But what's falling out from this crisis that we have been in for two and a half years or more uh, six out of ten people across Canada are suffering right now with some form of mental health struggle. It doesn't mean they have a mental illness. It means that they are struggling with anxiety, depression, maybe some fear, maybe some worry and uncertainty. But they are struggling with their mental wellness. Six in ten. Last year, in the May of last year, the Canadian Commission of Mental Wellness or Mental Health put out this stat, and they said in one year, the attempted suicides of children from ages 7 to 18 rose 100%. Seven years old to 18, it rose 100%. Here in Hamilton at McMaster Sick Kids, it rose 200%. Every day, 4,000 people, or every year, 4,000 people in Canada die by suicide. Nine out of 10 of those people have some form of mental health struggle. I talked to a pharmacist this week, and they told me that in their little store here downtown in Hamilton, 50% of all medications that they distribute are for mental health reasons. They said all, all the time they're traveling up to West Fifth Hospital to give the medication for people that need medication because they're struggling so deeply. Six in ten. Six in ten here today are struggling with some form of mental wellness. I stand before you today, uh, one who has survived a stroke. And I thank God for that. And for many reasons. But I stand before you today, uh, a man, an uh, individual, forget that I was in ministry, forget that I was a pastor, because mental health 
and wellness affects everybody. There's no middle ground. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter your status in life. It doesn't matter what color skin you have, what culture you come from. Every one of us are suspect. Are <laughs> words are hard for me to say sometimes, but every one of us are. Um, we can uh, struggle. That's the word. We can struggle with mental wellness. I stand before you, one who struggles with a mental illness. There, here's the great news, though. You can have a mental illness, but be mentally well. You understand? Because if you are mentally ill, just like any other organ in your body, whether it's your kidneys, your heart, your, your liver, your lungs, your whatever, and your brain is an organ, you can have a mental illness. You can be sick in your brain as well. So that's important for you to understand. My story is that I struggled with mental, my mental wellness for years, and I didn't know. I was pastoring. I was doing all the right things, saying all the right things, doing programs, helping people. But one of the things I didn't take care of was me. I didn't take care of my body, my soul, and my spirit. You see, I believe the Bible teaches that you have body. You have a body, right? You guys are so serious. You have a body, and you have a spirit, and you have a soul. The body is this beautiful thing. Thing you see here, right? And I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about his. You know, that's my son. He 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 looks like just like me when I was his age. And uh, but we all have a body. But I didn't take care of my body. And we all have a spirit because the spirit is that which connects with God. But every one of us here has a soul. The soul is the person you are. The person that. You know, you think, you feel, you behave, you respond. Your personality. I have to ask you today, how's your soul? What do you think about? How do you react? How do you respond to life? What do you feel? What emotions? And I struggled with those for years. My emotions, my body health, my soul health. And my spiritual health. You know, Psalmist Psalm 42 says this. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul will pants for you, O God. Why did he pant for God? Why did he say his soul? He was saying that in his soul, in the inner parts of his life, in the inner regions of his mind, his soul, where he thinks, where he feels, and, and where he behaves and responds to what he feels and, and what he thinks. He said, my soul, I, I, I need you, God. I need everything about you. My soul longs for you, even that as the deer wants the water to quench his thirst. I need you just like that. 
And he goes on in the psalm to talk about um, not being able to be with the people of God because he's running for his life. David was in a crisis situation. But he knew his soul was important. And then he said in verse 5 of Psalm 42, he said to himself, ever talk to yourself? Remember, we're talking mental health now. <laughs> I talk to myself all the time, and you do too. You talk to yourself. You look in the mirror and say, hey, how you doing? Right? You, you, you talk to yourself when you drive. You, you have conversations. And sometimes your conversations are not good. And sometimes your conversations are lies that you tell yourself. But here's, here's David wanted to be with the people of God. He longs for that. He can only remember the times he was with the people of God and leading the procession of the people of God to go into the, into the place of worship. But as he begins to talk to himself, he says this, Why is my soul so downcast within me? Why so disquieted within me? Have you ever asked that question? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my thoughts? What's wrong with my feelings? What's wrong with the way I act or respond? What's the matter with me? I was there. For a long time. I wondered why I couldn't grow as a believer. I was wondering why I couldn't press on and grow in other areas of my life. My mental illness prevented me from growing as a man, as a father, as a person that wanted to be like Jesus. And so God uh, permitted this stroke to happen. I really believe he did. Now, I'm not saying that God will use always those means to get your attention. But we have to understand is I was drifting away from God. I began to hate the church. I began to hate the things of God. I began to hate the people of God. And God knew that. But I knew in my soul that something had to give because I was either going to go on with God or walk away from him. And then in a matter of seconds on that day, July 7, 2017, I had this major stroke. And I knew why I did. I knew that God permitted this stroke to get my attention. And I knew this, because my soul was so wounded by so many things in my life before. Things that happened to me as a pastor, things that happened to me as a child, things that happened to me as a father, things that happened to me as a husband, things that happened to me were so traumatic. I hid all of these things. I swallowed all of these things and I put them I, I, I lowered them. I didn't want to take care. I didn't want to deal with them. Have you been there? 
you just put things down. Hopefully they'll never show up again. But on the day, God said, enough is enough. And he almost brought me home to himself. But praise God, he didn't that day. Because there was a lot of things I needed to learn. There was a lot of things that I needed to grow in. And so he took me through this experience and began to restore my soul. You see, David, when he talked in the Psalms, Psalm 42 in verse 5, when he said, why is my soul so disquieted? Why am I so downcast? You have to understand the word downcast is the opposite of upcast, right? To be upcast, you're looking up. You can see a future. You can see hope. But he said, why is my eyes downcast? Why is my soul so low? Why am I so down on myself? Of course, his circumstances. But that's where I was. I didn't see a future. I lost hope. As a believer in Jesus, I lost hope. I lost hope in my faith, in, in the people of God, in everything. And I was downcast in my soul. I want to read a passage for you in Romans. Romans chapter 8. You want to go there with me? I promise I won't be too long. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And many of you know this verse. Let me read it for you. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good. What do you think about that? Have you heard that before? Yeah, we have and we read it, but many times we don't believe it. We don't believe that God works for the good in all things. What about cancer? What about death? What about strokes? What about this and that, the pandemic, COVID-19? What about all the things, things? Is God really working in all of these things? Well, it says in his word that we know something. We know something to be true. And this is what we know. In all things, God works for the good. We ran a sign just last week going to this church owned in Wainfleet. It said this, God is always good, right? You don't believe that. God is always good. We have forgotten to be grateful. You like that? You see, God is always good. God is always good, even in the bad, even in the ugly, even in the most terrible times of life. He is good. And it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. He's always working on your behalf. You know why? Because he loves you. Who have been of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God has a purpose for you. Do you realize that, 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 that today? He has a purpose for you. And God loves you so much. And God works for your good. In all things, even in the worst of worst, he works 
for the good. Even in the best of best, he works for your good. I got no amens. So you don't believe that today. But the passage just doesn't stop there. It says this. For those God foreknew, you believe that God knew you before you were even born? He, oh, I got amen. Thank you. He, he, he knew you before you were even a sparkle, a gleam in your daddy's eye. Right? That's the saying. I don't know what it means. He knew you. But the word also means this. Get this. He foreloved you. He loved you before. And it says this, uh, according to his purpose, for, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. I love that word. You know why? Because of what it means. The word predestined means this, that, that God set a course for you to the finish line. He foreknew you. He foreloved you. has a purpose for you. He's working for your good in all things. Because it says that he has set a course, predestined, set a course to finish. In my life, uh, what happened to me was ugly. Listen, mental health is mental Illness and mental health struggles are ugly. It's ugly. It's messy. And that's why many people uh, are afraid of it. And that's why many people even in this church here are afraid to talk about it. Because it's so messy and ugly. And we don't want to mess ever other people up. And many times we may know someone that's struggling with mental illness or mental wellness. And we don't want to even be near them because we don't want to get messy. But listen to me. Jesus got down and he got messy with people. Do you love people? Do you love your neighbor? Do you love the people that are so, you know, uh, in your mind so worldly and sinful? Do you love them so much that you're willing, as Jesus did, get down on the ground with the woman in the adultery and protect her and advocate for people? One of the things that we're doing as a ministry, we want to advocate for people that don't have a voice. They're afraid to share because of the stigma of mental illness and mental health. The word... Stigma means mark of disgrace. And so many of us want to share our, our mark of disgrace because we don't want to be labeled as weak or not a believer or we have some sin in our lives. Or maybe we have a demon. And that's what people think inside the walls of the church. And maybe that's you today. But God for love you so much that he set a course for you in your ugliness, in your crisis. And here's the finish line. To be conformed to the likeness of his son. How many of you want to be like Jesus today? Honestly and truthfully, you want to be more like Jesus what a great 
want to exemplify in our lives. Our Savior, the Lord of Lord and Kingdom Kings. How many of you want to be like Jesus in the way you think, in the way you feel, in the way you behave? Do you want to be a people that really understand the fruit of the Spirit and live it out? Do you want to be a pe people that give cold cups of water to people? Do you want to be a people that feed the hungry? Do you want to be a people that come aside people as an advocate and put your arm around them and say, I don't understand what's going on in your mind, but I'm here for you. I want to help you. You see, all the ugliness that happens to us is for a purpose. In North America right now, we have churches and people of God that just want to be comfortable. They just want to go and have their hour in church. They want to make sure that people see them as good Christians because they read their Bibles and they trust in God, sort of. And they're praying sometimes at prayer meeting. And they come to church and they look good. And we just want to be comfortable. Jesus was not comfortable when he walked on this earth. Jesus was an advocate. Listen, what happened to me was God's purpose. You know why? Because the voice I had, he took away. The voice God gave me, he took away and gave me a new voice. Listen, to be a voice for those that don't have a voice. And you're, you're here today and you're struggling with your mental wellness. Please don't do this alone. I was at the point where even as a child of God, I was thinking, how can I take my life? I wanted to leave. Because the turmoil, the trauma that was in my mind was so deep that I thought, if this is my new normal, I don't want it. So I was beginning to talk about, I was beginning to rehearse in my mind, how's the best way to do this without any pain, <laughs> but to take my life and not wake up. It was at that point, I said to my wife, take me please to the hospital. Something's wrong with me. I didn't sleep for 14 days. I didn't eat. I lost a lot of weight. I got a little back. <laughs> I couldn't do a lot of things. Many times my wife found me on the floor crying like a little baby because I was in so much torment in my mind. At the 14th day of no sleep, not able to eat, throwing up, not able to take care of myself physically. She finally took me to the hospital. And I said to her, don't let them send me home. There's something wrong. And so I was there for a couple of hours. They did all kinds of tests on me. And they said this. Now you have to realize that I was now in a hopeless state. And many people that struggle with mental illness... Feel hope and darkness and that it will never change. <clears throat> and they said to me, there's nothing wrong with you. 
go home. That was a pivotal point in my life. So I did what any grown man would do. I cried like a baby. <laughs> the doctor took one look at me, went up and got a crisis nurse. She came down, just looked at me, and went back up and got a psychiatrist. And she came down and put me in a room. I was, you know, you know I, I, I don't cry pretty. It's pretty ugly. Snot everywhere, you know, eyes red. I was just in a bad way. But she's, you know, it's amazing how God works. You don't get very many Christian psychiatrists. But after she heard my story, she said, by the way, I'm a follower of Jesus too. And by the way, let me share with you things that might help you. And she began to talk to me about the things of God and how much he loved me. And I began to cry more ugly. And she said things that I needed her to say. But one thing she said to me, because if you struggle here with mental wellness and mental health, if your soul is not is, is downcast, if your soul is wounded and broken, this is what we need to hear, that there's hope. There's hope for the weary. There's hope for the wounded. There's hope for those that battle. There's hope. The hope, hope will lead to peace, and peace will lead to healing. And she reached out to me and said, we can help you. But before we do that, take these pills. <laughs> and so I took these pills and slept for the first time. I share that with you today, not to glorify this story, God has been so good to us. And we got the help we needed. But our hearts are broken. For people. Because one after one after one come up to us and say, we don't know what to do. We're so broken. Help us. And many times, as a believer, we say, here, just read these scriptures, and you'll be okay. Let me pray for you, and you'll be okay. And those are good things. But if you have a clinical diagnosis, or maybe you have a, a struggle that's so deep, yes, God can heal. Yes, God forgives. And yes, God gives hope, and he does that in many, many ways. We want to see lives changed. We want to see the woundedness healed. We want to see the brokenness mended so that your spirit that connects with God will, thr will thrive, will fly like the eagles, that you will experience the abundant life that only Jesus Christ can give you. But take these pills first. That's just a symbol. You need help first. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, he's the greatest healer. 
He's the one that can make everything good and right. It doesn't mean that your mental illness will go away. It means that he will walk with you. And he will help you and show you. And the people of God can rally around you to help you. I want to read one more verse and I'm done. So are we okay? It's just Father's Day. It's no big deal. Come on. If it was Mother's Day, it would be a different story, right? <laughs> and by the way, you know, we get a cookie. Yeah? Mothers get flowers. They get, you know, other nice mother things. You know, we get a cookie. <laughs> but it's a dad's cookie, so that's good, you know. At least we get something, right? Okay. Okay. Good. Anyway, here's one verse. Last verse. Uh, 3rd John and uh, John is writing to a dear friend he says the elder John to my dear friend Gaius whom I love in the truth dear friend I pray that you may enjoy good health oh you mean we're allowed to pray for good health yeah I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you oh you mean it's okay to pray that everything goes well for you? Oh, yeah, it is. So uh, I pray that you will enjoy, not just have good health, but enjoy it, right? Even as your soul is getting along well. What was the marker? The soul. Your soul matters. How your soul goes, goes your physical and your spiritual. I really believe that. If our soul is healing, I'll take better care of my physical. If my soul is healing, I will take care of my spiritual. I will want to connect with my God. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you oh God do you love him he loves you he's working all things for your good he foreknew you he has a plan for you in the beautiful and the ugly he has a plan for you and that plan is for you to become more like his son Jesus Christ are you able to uh, step into that today let him use everything in your life for his glory and for your good. Please come to our table. Please talk to us. Don't leave here alone. Talk to us. We have our book here. And by the way, our book and workbook go hand in hand. You can read our book. Our story has more deeper stuff in it. But also the workbook helps you uh, just get the conversation going. Help you understand a little more about your struggle or other struggles. Come to the table. We have a connect card that's on the, your seats here. And we would love to connect with you. We love you to connect with us. So take that connect card. If you would, put your name on it. I, I promise I won't, I won't send you a pledge card. Okay? Not asking you for money. Nothing like that. But what I want you to do is put your information there. Get on our newsletter. Go on our website, see what's going on, see where you can fit. We have many different courses that will help you and help people. So please 
fill out the connect card, bring it to the table. We would appreciate that. And now today, because uh, it's Father's Day, listen, we're going to sell our book for $20 and the workbook for $15. And, and it's going to be a special deal today. So if you buy the book and the workbook, $20 and $15, we'll give it to you for $35. I know, I know. It's a special. But fathers, if you come, we'll give you a free pen, okay? Thank you for your, your, your time today. God bless you.